Welcome to the Jazz Shapers podcast from Mishkondorea. What you're about to hear was originally broadcast on Jazz FM. However, the music has been cut due to rights issues. This is Jazz Shapers with Elliot Moss on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. Listening colour. Welcome to Jazz Shapers with me, Elliot Moss, bringing the shapers of the business world together with the musicians shaping jazz, soul and blues. My guest today is Sean Dixon, co-founder and managing director of Richard James, the Savile Row Tailors. And you should see him. He looks a proper sight here. While studying marketing and business at college, it was his Saturday job at Fashion Store Browns that Sean first met the menswear buyer Richard James. When Richard launched a menswear collection, Sean accepted his invitation to join forces and co-found their eponymous business, with the pair initially creating fashion shows in Paris and selling the clothes to retailers. But in 1992, hungry for their own store and needing to pay the bills, they saw an opportunity to marry aspects of the fashion world with the heritage and history of Savile Row and opened their first Richard James store in a tiny venue with a £10,000 overdraft. Their bold, colourful design may have upset the more staid retailers on the street and they struggled with low sales and multiple burglaries, but Richard James found a loving, growing audience of influential creatives and professionals looking to stand out and have some fun. You are wearing, obviously, I mean, I'm assuming it's a Richard James suit. Oh, yes, certainly. Yeah, is. I mean, you, I, I think you probably, if you got caught ever not wearing Richard James, you'd be, be in little, trouble. You'd be in trouble with yourself, <laughs> I imagine. <laughs> There'd be a few questions to be asked. <laughs> Um, it's great to have you here, uh, and, and, and as a person who likes to wear a nice suit, I, I must admit today I'm not, I'm not wearing a nice suit, uh, it's the truth, it's a t-shirt and jeans. Dressed down. I'm, I, it's a, a dress down for Jazz Shapers, but you are wearing a lovely suit and a lovely tie and a lovely shirt and all that. Tell me about your relationship with fashion. Before we get into where this went and Richard and Browns and all that, when did you realise that it wasn't just about wearing clothes, but you actually had a relationship? Oh, that's a, that is a really good question, and, and, and one I've asked myself, because I am interested in clothes. I think you have to be interested in clothes to do what we do. You know, it's, it's a business, but you have to enjoy what you, what you do. Same with anything. Looking back on it, I realised I was quite interested in clothes from a fairly young age. When I was at school, I was quite interested in, in you know, I did a lot of sports. But actually, what really drove me on in sports was to get into the sports teams because they had slightly better outfits. <laughs> they had slightly nicer T-shirts. Nice kit. They had nice kits. Yeah. And actually, that drove me to get on the running team, the swimming team. And perhaps that's what kind of instigated my, my love of clothes and love of detail and, and colour. So, yeah, perhaps going back, I think it's probably 10, 11, I, 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 I liked it and kind of carried on. And, you know, as I, I didn't know what to do when I was, you know, school student got a job working in a store called Browns, which, which unfortunately doesn't really exist. Doesn't exist, but I did meet years ago and went for a walk across Hampstead Heath with Joan, Joan and Sydney. And yeah. Sydney and at Sydney, the time. Well, yeah. So they were yeah. the founders of, of Browns. Yeah. Um, he, I think Joan is still alive. She is. But Sydney has passed away. Correct. And they happen to be living in the same block yeah. of small flats yeah. in a beautiful part of Hampstead, yeah. many, that's probably 30 years ago. And she was a formidable woman then. You know when you're in the presence of someone who's older than you, you just go... You don't muck around with this person. Lovely. And Sydney, from recollection, was convivial as well. But 
they were a powerhouse Absolutely. at that point. They were one of the original kind of high-end places on South Moulton Street and Absolutely. all of that. Absolutely, a unique store. I mean, it became a, became a bit of an empire. But, and you went know, there in 84? I went right? there in 84. I got this yeah. kind of work placements and, you know, where everyone else was heading up to marketing and advertising agencies. I, I, kind of, I remember going into there and asking them if I, you know, saying I'd quite like to spend some time in the, you know, the press office or the buying office. And they said, yeah, yeah, you'll be working in the uh, warehouse downstairs <laughs> in the stockroom. But you got literally, you got you had the connection. The connection began. The visceral yeah, I, I like to, you know, in the eighties there was no, you know, I like, you know, I like clothes. So there was nowhere else to go. You know, there's those pre, you know, Selfridges, Harrods. They didn't have that that level of. It was called designer clothes mm. back then. That was the term that was used. You know, I don't, you don't hear that that term anymore. It's kind of luxury or or whatever. But it was it was designer clothes because they were created by designers. You know, and yeah. that kind of cult of the designer kind of you know started back then and. I remember working there, and you'd, you'd see every single film star, pop star would be going through those doors, and it was a really glamorous, interesting place to be with interesting people. Every kind of major person in fashion yeah. has worked there. And, of course, and we'll come on to this in a moment, <laughs> all the people that have come through the doors of Richard James and indeed are dressed by <laughs> Richard James over the years, whether it's members of the Oasis Band, members of Pulp, uh, Mark Ronson, David Beckham, or even uh, Sir Elton John. We were talking about your initial relationship with clothes. Um, I just want to mention your relationship with music as well, because I do think this is not coincidence. The scene that you were involved in, you worked at The Wag, you worked at The Fridge. Yeah, I was put clubs on, did but a bit of DJing. All that stuff. My... I mean, again, the worlds of fashion and music are not unconnected. That they're, they're kind of on, you know, there's an edge to it. Yeah, especially then. I think they were very music, fashion film, all very much connected and, you know, going out to the nightlife in London, I found, I don't know what it's like now, I'm really old, but um, back then it was really exciting and, and uh, you know, it was a great place to be. And I didn't jump in and go, he's not that old, did I? <laughs> I should have gone. Sorry. I was, <laughs> I was, it, very, I was, you're like, I was, Elliot, I set that up for you. I was you. hoping it was to. A delay. Yeah. Really, you can't no, be. <laughs> you look really young though, Sean, for 104. <laughs> no, we are, we're, we're very similar age. We'll, we'll leave it at that. But we'll go on, with sorry. that. Yes, I'm a bit older. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you enjoyed you enjoyed being in that world. I really enjoyed it. It was it was really fascinating. I had so much energy. Um, I, I guess you know maybe everybody feels that at that age. You know, eighteen to twenty two, twenty three. You know, you feel really excited about just being out there. You know, I lived in suburban South London, and suddenly I was in the middle of the West End and doing things. And what's interesting, a lot of the people I met in that during that time still friends. And, you know, they've gone on to do, you know, they run restaurants, they're serious editors, they've, you know, they've tied to hold down... I don't think it's a jobs. coincidence, though, you see, Sean. I think there's an energy that comes uh, from being, for those people that are interested in fashion... I agree. ...and music, because essentially you're recreating the future every day. I agree, exactly. And that's sort of what you're doing as well, which I also want to talk about, the, the, the future of Richard James, but, but we've got to talk about the present. So you meet Richard... There's, is there chemistry when you meet him, or is it a slow burn? Uh, probably, he probably didn't really know who I was and <laughs> didn't really care. Um, but um, no, we, we we met, and I, I guess you know, I, which is you know, he was a great guy. He's, a, he's he's really interesting. He's really funny, and you know, real personality. So we yeah, we formed a bit of a connection. I did go on to do a couple of other things before we started the you know the business, but we kind of stayed in touch, and I think we both had a love for classic menswear that could be pushed a little bit could just be pushed on a little bit try you know be a bit more experimental and and why did you both want to be experimental what was it that drove that that's a really good question probably just to make things more interesting you know just try try things out a little bit i think we realized that you know if we're going to make a business out of something 
you can't do the same same thing everyone else already does. It's got to be it's got to be fairly unique. And you, and what is that unique USP? You know, what is that? We didn't know what USP meant back then. But but um, you know, what what was it going to be? And 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 ours was going to be well. Let's take classic tailoring, for instance, and and let's maybe add a bit of color, a bit of texture, just change things a little bit, put it together with a bright pink sweater or you know a lime green overcoat. Just 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 try that out. And uh, that's what we that's what we did. We did that for a while, and uh, no one really took much notice of it. Then eventually they did. And why and, did they suddenly? What happened? I, you know, it's a very good question. I, I I don't I don't really know. I think maybe things changed when we when we first started the the business in in '92. We were in the kind of depths of a recession. Dress down Friday. I don't know if you remember that. Oh, I do. Yeah. yeah. That had just been introduced. A disaster uh, for, mo- for, for, for most middle-aged men. A sartorial disaster. Men and probably women, but definitely the men. Yeah. I mean, it was yeah. horrendous. Yeah, chinos. Chinos, chinos I mean, and polo shirts. Chinos that just with those pleats, yeah. and you just go, you shouldn't be wearing that. Yeah, yeah. You're, no, you're, you're not so young person. It was an all-round disaster. And uh, so when we when we started the business, I mean, people were asking us, what, what, what are you guys doing? You're doing tailoring companies. This is, you know, no one's going to be wearing suits anymore. You know, it's the end of it. And we thought, God, maybe they've got a point, but let's give it a go anyway. And... And I think it resonated with a with a different sort of clientele. We always say our, our tailoring, our suits are worn by people that don't have to wear suits. You know, so you kind of have to give them a reason to wear suits. What is it? You know, and that was right at the beginning in '92, and I think that still is the case now. You know, and like, people obviously well, thought even at your tenth anniversary, I read in 2002. Um, they were like, oh, they're still here. Just a couple of quotes. I think you put them in the windows um, at that point. We'll give them six months, they said. Very dubious. At least they're not boots, the chemist. They won't last five minutes. Don't know one end of a needle from another. Yes. And lots more yes. things that people said. And they're still here. <laughs> and Sean Dixon is my business shaper still. And uh, we're going to be talking about what's just happened as well in the world of Richard James. That's all coming up in a couple of minutes. But right now, we're going to hear a taster from the Michigan Innovation Series, which can be found on all the major podcast platforms. Lydia Kellett invites business founders who share their industry insights and practical advice, ideal for those of you thinking about starting your very own thing. In this clip, focused on the fashion industry, we hear from Ashita Cabra-Davis, founder of peer-to-peer fashion rental app by Rotation. The Mishcon Innovation Series. Inspiration from founders of cutting-edge businesses. In association with Jazz Shapers, with Mishcon Dereya. So for somebody looking to enter into the industry, whether that's the tech and or fashion industry, what advice would you give to them? I think this advice applies to both industries. It's really focus on the product and your customers will come. I think, you know, we've seen it happen a lot, even in the tech industry, that people are like, they're they're spending too much money and time on the wrong things. You know, they're focusing a lot on how things look on the outside rather than actually building in the inside. So it should be about the quality of your product and then the customer love comes very organically. The Mishcon Innovation Series. In association with Jazz Shapers, with Mishkon Dereya. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mishkon Dereya. It's business, but it's personal. You can enjoy all our former business shapers on the Jazz Shapers podcast. And you can hear this very program again if you pop Jazz Shapers into your podcast platform of choice. We're so good here, aren't we? Nice and open. My guest there is Sean Dixon, co-founder, managing director of Richard James, the Savile Road Tailors. I mentioned the 2002 moment, the window saying, I, I kind of think it was a, um, a bit of a 
two fingers up to everybody. They thought you wouldn't be there. It was a polite two fingers. It was a smiling two fingers. Yeah, but it was like, Savile, excuse me. Savile Row kind of two fingers. Yeah, Savile Row's a bit hoity-toity, right? I mean, it's got beautiful clothes on it. You see, Sean's looking at me going, I couldn't possibly agree with that, but it sort of might be. But here we are now. You've just reopened, redesigned. Tell me a little bit about the, the thinking behind what's going on right now in the Richard James business. Yeah, so we've, we've just re... We've spent quite a lot of time and money, refurbished our... What was our bespoke store on the corner of Clifford Street in Savile Row? Um, it's a lovely old Georgian townhouse. It is a house, as all Savile Row establishments are called houses. And we're opening it. It's beautiful. It's perfect. And it's kind of what we feel at the direction for uh, tailoring. Tailoring by definition, is a kind of personal experience. It's an experience. Everyone talks about retail needs to be an experience to stop people just shopping online. Tailoring, by definition, is, has to be. And then bespoke and made to measure, which we, which we do, which we undertake, intrinsic part of our business, even more so. So, you know, we want to create a space, an unusual space, a light space, a luxurious space, where men can come and buy suits and tailoring we have a lot of other things mm. where you know shirts etc etc but the idea is it feels a very luxurious space and we're very committed to that and i we have to give people a reason to come into a store to come into to shop uh, and also to spend time in it you know and i think that this store we've we put a bar in there we've made it very open on the first floor so that we can hold events so people can come and we can we can have 30 40 people you know whether it's someone who's a writer, a musician. A lot of our clients, you find out that their, their day job is a, a surgeon, but they also have a whiskey business on mm. the side. Of course they do. Passion. Yes. Of course they do, everyone course does. Do. <laughs> and, um, you know, we, you know they'd, they'd love to use the space, and so would we. We'd love them to use it. But you I'm must sure. love that, Sean, because, again, it's sort of the fusion of... I think I read something you talked about arts and commerce and that balance, but it's mm. also just the fusion of, of culture. Yeah, of course. And, and Creating a community. Yeah, and... The community of, of Richard and Sean over the years, has that evolved as well? It's probably grown and, and, and become extended. But I think intrinsically it's probably the same as when we started. You know, like-minded. You know, when you start a business, you're supposed to have an idea of who your customer is. And we all thought they were kind of creative professionals, you know, architects, advertising business, that sort of thing. And I think that's probably still the case. But, you know, in actual fact, it's extended much beyond that. You know, the, the, the sort of customer we have now is could easily be at work in finance, but has a certain attitude, you know, and a certain style. You know, when I was saying to you when we started at the beginning and it was all about dress down Fridays, a lot of the guys, the younger guys would come in, they didn't want to dress down on Friday. They wanted to dress up on Friday. And they wanted to have big pinstripe suits with purple lining and they wanted to look really sharp. They wanted to feel and look good and be a master of the universe. And mm -hmm. I think a several row suit helps you with that you know it's part part of the process so. and the team delivering that around you and your way of managing them obviously uh, generations change yes and we read about the millennials and we read about zed and we read about all these things i mean it is it is really challenging how do you sean in your role running this business ensure that those great people in there are indeed great and work together and understand the ethos of richard james yeah yeah that's very true i mean you're, you're nothing without the people that work with you work for you you know and i think we're really lucky we have an incredible team a lot of people have been with us over 20 years i mean that's unusual same at the same time we have younger people coming through through the business and you know i guess we've just been lucky they've, they've they get what we do they want to be part of it and um you know, they buy into it. I think that's as long as you can convey 
exactly what it is you want and what you do, I think that happens. And, you know, I think we've been very lucky. There's no, we don't have a strict kind of, this is what we want, how we want everyone to be. It's, you know, I think if you trust people and let them show initiative, they usually repay you correctly. And would they, if I asked each one of them, would they be able to articulate the Richard James dif difference, the thing that we talked about just before? I think they would. And what would they say? I think they'd say it's, uh, it's, it's classic men's clothing, but with a point of difference, with a certain style, with a certain cut, and, you know, colour, texture, all those things would come in. Men's clothing, what we do, it's all about detail and understanding what that detail is and, and, and being able to, to convey that, you know, if you come in for a suit that's going to be made for you, you're part of the process as a client. You, you're, you're in it as well. I remember. Exactly. Not it with you, but next time. Yeah, okay, I'm next time we'll sure, be. I'll book an appointment. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I think if you, you know, if you, if you make sure that person's included in that process, it's a, it's a, it's a really fascinating. But detail, aspect. detail is so important. Detail. You know, it's all about buttons, lapel width. Do you want belt loops? Do you want angles side of the pockets? Angles of the pockets. Very important. How angled should they be? Yeah. You know, it, it's pleats. Blah blah blah. It goes on and on and on. Mm. And it's all about detail. And if, and if you start including someone in that process gives them kind of license and it makes them kind of committed to it, you know. And then they end up coming back and getting a little bit more interested and let's try something else this time. Fabulous. Yeah. The only thing that's constant without using the cliche is change. And you set that business up in 92. At that point, London and the UK and a lot of the world was in a massive recession. It was, it was quite, and I, I remember this, my dad was in retail at the time and, and, and unfortunately that business didn't last. It was a sports shop in one of the suburbs of northwest London. It didn't make the cut, as it were. And I, I remember the high street being decimated. Just thinking about that now and that decimation around Savile Row, because it was similar. I mean, the streets of London were not, were not paved with gold. What's it like now? God, it's very different. I think it's completely... We were in a very privileged area. Mayfair doesn't get much more exclusive than that. But back then, it felt a little bit tired and probably maybe my our personal situation felt a little bit desperate. Well, 10,000 quid. 10,000 pounds doesn't go that far. No. Well, it went, went a bit further than it does now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, you're, you're kind of sitting in, a, sitting in a store that's kind of fairly full of stock. But is there something interesting, though, about the... The, the world's a bit grey, you know, when the weather's bad. The world's a bit grey, we're going to inject, and a bit barren, we're going to inject some fun and boldness into it. Was that a little bit, do you think, of what was going on back I, in 92? I'd like to say yes. It probably, you know... <laughs> am I just post-rationalising it brilliantly? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah uh, I'll yes. go with that. Cultural commentator. He's, he's a Peter York of his generation. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we, we, we wanted to make the world a better place. Um, no, I, I, I listen, I think there was a bit of that. You know, we wanted to definitely uplift what was going on around us, and you know, Savile Row at the time was a, you know, had a fantastic, has a fantastic, still has a fantastic history, incredible legacy. It's a unique place. There's nowhere else like it in the world. Whenever I, wherever I go for, for work, you know, you can still talk about Savile Row. Even the word for a suit in Japan is Savile Row. Hmm. They, you know, it, it's, that's, that is the definition of a two-piece suit. You know, so, you know, it has resonance wherever you go. But back then, it felt, I, I was intimidated on that. You know, we had a store in Savoy, but I felt Were intimidated. You? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It, it kind of, I, I felt like I needed to be asked to get, if I could go in or, you know. It was well, you literally, was it, was it you didn't feel posh enough? I it definitely didn't feel posh enough. It felt like a place where, you know, old aristocrats would go and get their suits, you mm. know, and, and, and they had their fathers and their grandfathers had done. And, 
And actually, to an extent, it still is like that. That's great. Well, I was going to say, so now the new entrants, the new Richard Jameses that are coming through, how do you, how do you meet and greet them? Yeah, now, now it's, we're all about being as relaxed and as open as possible. And I think that's an important thing. When you, if you've never had a suit made or you've never even bought a suit, you know, it's, it can be quite a daunting prospect. So you've got to be as relaxed as possible and you've got to make that person feel as welcome as possible. And that's absolutely part of the process. And the other... But the other tailors in the mm. in the area though when they come in and do you ever look and think oh that's just like we were a few years ago no i think that i think everyone's changed a bit okay i think it's moved i think things have moved on quite a bit and and you know we're actually they like us now in several row we're we're all friends you know we're, well, you, i read we're, some of the we, new establishment we're the new establishment yeah, yeah. You gotta be careful though you, you don't might become, be the old establishment if we carry on i was gonna say you don't want to drop the word new too fast do you <laughs> exactly. stay with me for, well, yeah, yeah exactly hang on to the the new establishment for now uh, stay with me for my final chat um with sean and um we've also got some music from ezra collective who are amazing aren't they that's all come up in just a moment don't go anywhere jazz shapers on jazz fm in partnership with mishkondorea it's business, but it's personal. I read a story about Gianni Versace, I think, and Elton John. I think it was that. They came in and literally it was supermarket sweep. They went and bought everything. <laughs> and I think there was a conversation, maybe it was Richard or maybe you and Richard went, I think we're onto something here. That sense of when it's popped, how do you get to that, that sense that you've got the next set of, you know, the next season's clothes? Have you, how do you ensure that you're going to get that buzz again? God, that, that's yeah. I, I think that 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 particular uh, that was a was a moment for the for the business, and you know I, I can't remember the exact date. Quite early on, actually. Yeah, quite early on, quite early on. But it didn't feel like it. It felt like I'd been going for twenty years at that point. Yeah. But um, Elson John brought Gianni Versace in with their respective partners. They were kind of 38, 40, 42, 44 chests, you know. And yeah, they just bought everything in the store and <laughs> and left and called up from the car and apologized for the mess they'd made, and we, we were. Really don't have to apologise, but yeah, we didn't have much left. Um, to go back to your question about how do you know every season, I start with the new collection coming in because we do we create collections on a seasonal basis: spring, summer, autumn, winter. And at the beginning, I always have the fear that nothing's going to sell. Do you still have that fear? Still have that fear yeah. every time. You know, you 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 kind of think, is it going to work this time? Is Will the fear though? Is it is it stressful or is it exciting? Um, stressful. Right. Our overheads have become so much greater than they were yeah, back it, then. It, the, the consequences of failure are getting <laughs> higher. Much higher. Yeah. You know, we have you know, salaries to pay and, and yeah. people to But you don't, I'm not, I mean, you don't look stressed, Sean, unless don't you know. had black hair two weeks ago and now it's gone grey. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Tight. You haven't got many lines and stuff yeah. like that. So that, <laughs> yeah. is there something about it, as much as it's stressful, is it something you've either got used to or you kind of know is coming and you know how to deal with it? I, th- I don't know if you ever really ever really get I, I guess I've been doing it for so long so I have an understanding of, 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 of what to expect but no I think you know it's probably like being an actor and actually you're only as good as your last film we're only as good as our last collection and and, and you know so there's always that fear that it's not going to going to work but I, in terms of how to we have a lot of other stresses and strains within the business that you just have to deal with and, and work through it's not that complicated what we do but also we need to make it elegant, desirable, and enjoyable. And, and those, I guess that's, that's, that's kind of where the effort goes into. Mm. You know, and the pressures of sustainability, of sustainable, yeah. you know, create, creating clothes that don't... Yeah, that's, do a, the, that, that's, that's that must interesting. must be a thing. Is that, yeah, is that no, it's becoming, it's becoming bigger and bigger. I, I, I always say that, you know, a bespoke suit is probably as bad as sustainable. Yeah, it's got some very little wastage, I guess. There's no wastage. 
it's it's made for you. It's made using usually very high quality uh, walls, which last. Which last. Yeah. The the kind of old cliche about a several row suit can last you a lifetime. It's not, it's not a cliche. It's, it's actually mm. a fact. You know, unless you really change your shape and size, but things can be altered for you, and it because it, there's so much quality goes into it, it, it will last. So that's not a challenge that bothers you. What what is the big thing that you think about that you go, this is existential to to Sean and to Richard James. If there is anything, maybe there I, I, it's difficult for me to answer that. It's probably, as I said, since we started the business, everyone said, what are you doing doing tailoring? No one's buying tailoring anymore. It's not going to happen. Actually, the opposite keeps happening. So I do take that on board and think, is anyone during, during lockdown? Is during anyone going to wear a suit again? Is anyone going to wear a yeah, suit the, again? I call, I, in my head, I was kind of going, yeah. it's the casualization yeah, of yeah. stuff like trainers and a tracking. Yes, yeah. During that time, I, I did have a few speak to you know members of the press about that. And I'd have to answer that question. I seem to be asked that question quite a lot. But I always felt there was going to be a reaction to the action. Mm. And, and actually, there has been. There, there, there is. They, you know, people, people are starting to wear shoes real shoes uncomfortable shoes again and 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 saying but also it's it's part of our business to make whatever we do desirable you know that's what we do that's what we have to do we can't just sit back and say okay we're going to make suits and you know you've got to buy them you've got to reach an audience and and somehow make them want them so if it means that the that the tailoring you produce is maybe more soft and more comfortable more casual more relaxed and so be it then so be it we do that and and but you can still absolutely you know, a suit makes a man look better, always. And I think you want to keep those elements with what you do. So, you, you know, you want to f- look better and feel better. And I think a suit does that. And those should be the last words, because that's brilliant. You couldn't, no one could have said that better. Um, thank you um, for your time today, Sean. Uh, good luck with the, the new refurbished Wonderland that you've created. I hope it goes really well. I will come in. I will book an appointment. Please do. Um, <laughs> when there's enough money in the bank. <laughs> it's not tomorrow, uh, but at some point very shortly. And I do want to come in, because I, I, I just love looking at beautiful things. And, and there are lots of beautiful things to look at in Richard James. Just before I let you go, what's your song choice and why have you chosen? Um, it's uh, Love's Theme by Love Unlimited Orchestra. In my uh, younger days... We referred to, you know, I used to run the clubs and do a bit of DJing. This was always the last song at the end of the, what, 2 a.m. or 2.30 a.m. Lights were going up. You'd see the detritus of what was before you. And this always felt like a great song to end on. Slightly upbeat, but not too upbeat. And, uh, you know, that's why I like it. Plus, also, what's not to like about Love's Theme. I feel like we're just wrapping up the Jazz Shapers 2.30am do. That was with Love Unlimited Orchestra, Love's theme, the song choice of my business shaper today, Sean Dixon. He talked about wanting with Richard to make the fashion world more interesting, make their brand more interesting. He reminded us that tailoring is a personal experience and that's a really important thing to say in the context of anything that a business provides. It's all about the detail and understanding the detail, he said, is at the heart of the Richard James brand, but again, true for any business that wants to do well. And finally, that critical point about a world of fashion where things are mercurial, where things are constantly changing, we're only as good as our last collection. Great stuff. That's it from me and Jazz Shapers. Have a lovely weekend. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business but it's personal. We hope you enjoyed that edition of Jazz Shapers. You'll find hundreds more guests available for you to listen to in our archive. To find out more, just search Jazz Shapers in iTunes or your favourite podcast platform or head over to mishcon.com forward slash jazzshapers.